Hey folks, Dave Harvey here, and this is the Am I Called podcast, and I want to welcome you back. And uh, before I introduce our guest today, I want to remind you, just check out the site at amicalled.com. We've got the free calling assessment there. We've got some online material, the Next Steps course there for $4.99 a month subscription rate. And you can also follow us if you'd like at amicalled.com. Follow us on Twitter, that is, on amicalled.com or uh, Rev Dave Harvey, so check that out. Now today, I'm, I'm really excited because recently, uh, a friend and I did a podcast on Richard Baxter, and we both enjoyed that immensely, and so I've invited my friend back for a part two, and his name is Todd Augustine. So Todd has spent years in pastoral ministry. He pastored a college church in Wheaton, Illinois, uh, he moved to Naples not long ago and has accepted a, a ministry position, a pastoral position at Covenant Church in Naples, which is a local PCA church. And Todd has done a lot of study and thoughtful interaction with the Puritan author and leader and pastor, Richard Baxter. So, Todd, great to have you back, and thank you for agreeing to come to talk about Richard Baxter. It is a joy to be with you again, Dave. You know we could talk about Baxter all day long. Well, I know you could. I think I'd be <laughs> left behind pretty quickly, but uh, it's, it was fascinating. And by the way, for our listeners, if you haven't had the opportunity to hear the first one, the first discussion on Baxter, you're going to want to start there because we talked uh, substantially about the Baxter's book, The Reformed Pastor. But, but Todd, what else has Baxter done apart from that book? Baxter was actually a prolific writer. He wrote more than 150 books over his um, over his lifetime and life of ministry. And uh, he's probably best known for four books, The Reformed Pastor, really the work of the pastor. But from that, he also wrote A Call to the Unconverted. And this is the work of the pastor as evangelist. Uh, a third book would be uh, what's called The Christian Directory. And this is the work of the pastor as counselor. And what does it look like to do ministry of the word in the lives of your people? And then lastly, toward the end of his life, uh, as he was, he had tuberculosis, um, he was ill, uh, he wrote a book called uh, Saints Everlasting Rest. And I would say this was his, the work of the pastor as encourager. Um, where he helped his reader as he did this very thing. He fixed his thoughts upon the Christian's eternal rest in Christ. And he wrote from that even as he neared death. And there's a story uh, when, um, when he was in his waning days, one of his friends came to him and, and in discussion was reminding him of all the benefits of his writing to others. And Baxter's response was, um, was this. This is what he said. He, he said, I was but a pen in God's hand, and what praise is due a pen? Hmm. This is beautiful picture That's a great of metaphor. humility. Yes, it is. Even, even in, his, in his waning days. So Baxter, um, long before it was hip and cool to think this way, Baxter was an evangelistic pastor, and so much so that he wrote a book on it, and so much so, as 
if our listeners want to listen to the first podcast we did on this, that practically his whole town was converted under his ministry. That's right. That's right. As he did good ministry in the lives of his people, family ministry, visiting uh, regularly two days a week, uh, his church began to grow and flourish. And they actually, over his period of time there, over the course of about two decades, they added on five different galleries to the church to accommodate all the people that would attend and sit under his ministry, which essentially equated to the entirety of the town. And, and you see this in Baxter's evangelistic heart. Uh, in, in his classic book, A Call to the Unconverted, which is really a presentation of the gospel to those who do not know Christ, he says this as an encouragement to the pastor to be an evangelist. He says, he is no true minister of Christ whose heart is not set on the winning and sanctifying and saving of souls. That was his encouragement as he raised up men for ministry and encouraged others through his writings to be about the work of evangelism, the work of proclaiming the gospel to lost sinners. And it was the fruit of it became very apparent as he was faithful not only in his pastoral work, his preaching work, but his evangelistic work. So you describe the Christian directory as his theology of counseling. What was his theology of counseling? Right. That, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, again, for Baxter and for all the Puritans, they were word-centered. So what they sought to do is understand the human condition what they often called cases of conscience, the, the problems of life that their people would come to them with, uh, to understand that from a biblical vantage point, that they would gain their learning from the scriptures to understand the human heart in such a way that they could speak into it. And what they wanted to speak into those situations was not their human wisdom, but the very words of God believing it was a living and active word to speak and to minister to their souls, that it would not return empty and would actually accomplish the work for which it was intended. And for Baxter, one of those uh, shaping places of understanding how this work would have come from Isaiah 55, where, where God says that my word will not return empty, it will not return void when it goes out, and it will actually do a transformative work. It'll take, it'll take the briar and the thorn bush and turn them into the cypress and the myrtle. It'll take what is barren and desolate, and from that, as it does its work, bring what is verdant and strong and vibrant and green and fragrant and beautiful. And that's exactly what happens when a, a minister of the gospel brings the word to bear on the lives, into the lives of his people in ways that apply and it begins to bear fruit. Mm. And they're transformed by that very word through the power of the Spirit in relationship to one another in Christ. Yeah, it, it occurs to me that the uh, that Baxter, and even, even um, I'm, I'm thinking of, of John Owen's, and his volume six on temptation of sin, uh, that the dominion of sin is broken, the presence of sin remains. This idea that the, the human heart is active, not passive, that it's, 
manufacturing that it's generating that's creating um, desires and the only thing powerful enough to deal with an active heart see and this is the connection to baxter is the active word of god that's right that is that is preached into or sown into the human heart that creates transformation it sounds like that's that's the that's part of what was in the directory and the direction he was going with his his theology that that's exactly right and it's that dynamic that is transformative right as a as a s- sinful heart engages the spirit through the word um, or as the spirit applies the word there's v- very real change that happens in the life of the believer and Baxter understood that he wrote about that in every area of life the Christian directory is broken up into to four parts what he would call um, Christian ethics which is really the Christian life and then he would speak of Christian um, economics which is the the relationships of of the Christian husband and wife employer and employee parent and child and and from that he would give counsel and and understanding and discussion of a Christian's relationship to God via Bible study and prayer and fellowship and the sacraments. And, and he would talk about the challenges of, of doubt or assurance or, or being you know, struck by a pattern of sin and needing to be confronted genuinely by the Word. So, so the, the Puritans would use this phrase, the cure of the soul, mm-hmm. cure of souls as a metaphor or a descriptor for pastoral ministry. Is mm-hmm. that correct? That's correct. What What is meant by that? Yeah. I, I obviously understanding uh, the essence of the human person is the soul, uh, the the very thing God breathed in to mankind and created them after his image that they would know him and be able to relate to him as they were created in perfect relationship with him. Uh, that, that relationship is tainted quite significantly by the fall and is broken and, uh, and yet is able to be redeemed by the redeeming work of Christ so that it is restored and renewed. And yet it's a relationship that happens in a fallen world, which means there are genuine struggles and wrestling and, and uh, there's sorrow and sin and suffering that we encounter um, that, uh, that we're either tempted by or given over to uh, just the reality of life in a broken world. And that in order for us to grow, we need uh, we need the word to be ministered to us. To we need to be cared for and cured, if you will, changed, transformed. That's what we're talking about, mm. and that comes by the word. and And that's how Baxter would would work things out, not only in in the Christian life individually, but in family life and other relationships. He he would talk about uh, Christian ecclesiastics, the church life, and then even Christian politics, the relationship of the Christian to society. So there is always an outworking of word ministry into every key hmm. area of life. And the emphasis uh, for, for Baxter in that particular work came in the first section on 
Christian ethics, the Christian life. He talked about uh, 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 really directives or directions for, for the unconverted, for those who did not know Christ. He would talk about the hindrances that would keep somebody from knowing Jesus. And then 10 ways that uh, someone like that might be uh, deceived into not believing. And, and he would break down the very barriers and the walls that would keep an individual from seeing Jesus and the beauty of Christ and his redeeming work uh, and the forgiveness of sin that was offered them in Christ and Christ alone. One of the things that seems remarkable about Baxter, and this is probably true of a lot of the Puritans, you would know better than I would, but how much they drove content towards application and how their theology of ministry was was never simply academic or clinical, but that the nature of, of the word and the nature of ministry was to ensure that the word was connected to relevant aspects of people's lives. I mean, that seems like that's that's Baxter's whole ministry. That that's exactly right. And I, I, it, I mean, it's for this reason that Baxter is this titan of practical theology. He he genuinely um, moves from an understanding of the word to an application into the into the the nuances of the human soul, right? Of the of the human heart, the the deep places where maybe it hasn't, the gospel hasn't made its way all the way down, and there's a pattern of sin or a cynicism or a pattern of unbelief that that is that is uh, dominant, and he preaches in a way and he counsels in a way that reaches down deep as they as they as they understand as they kind of do good diagnostic work in understanding a personal conversation, an individual, and then applying the word at that level hmm. that's that's appropriate. Hmm. Well, Todd, I, I told you I wouldn't keep you long. This is our second interview on uh, on Baxter and in a broader sense on the Puritans. But before we wrap this one up, is there is there anything else you think it might be important for our listeners to know either about Baxter or about the Puritans, anything you've thought about with respect to this interview that you've thought, man, I really want to make sure I get to that. Yeah, I, I would just say I think um, for, for most pastors today, the Christian directory is probably an unfamiliar work. If you, if you know Baxter, you probably know him for the Reformed pastor as a pastor. Um, but, but it's this work where you see his, his practical uh, counsel and wisdom done so well they the in classic form the puritans get at the root issues of the heart unbelief hardness of heart hypocrisy pride materialism sensuality these are the very same core sins and issues that we are faced with in our day and age the application though it's four centuries later is incredibly rich but then baxter would have these grand directives for each of those root areas, the underlying sins, the idolatries of heart that lead to certain behaviors and patterns of life that are harmful or destructive. And, and so he would begin to, to, to deal with these root sins and talk about control of time or control of the thought life. He would talk about controlling passions and, and the senses, controlling the tongue or controlling the body. It was, 
it was it was so applicable because it was at a a very basic level of human uh reality right of of who we really are and and how we are shaped or how we are tempted or how we sin and and regardless of culture or context the word speaks into that and powerfully so and baxter understood that and he applied it so well and so he models that for us today as pastors even to study one topic it might be despair or depression or grief or anxiety you begin to see how the word does its work and you see his his method for being used as a as a as a vehicle for that for that work that supernatural work that comes by the spirit as the word is counseled those reflections folks on richard baxter are from todd augustine who has joined me today now for a part two on the life and ministry of Richard Baxter. Todd, thank you so much for joining me again, and thank you for serving faithfully in your local church as a pastor. Thank you, Dave. We uh, count you to be a brother in Christ and, and are encouraged by this partnership in the gospel. As am I. For our listeners, thanks for joining us today. Mm-hmm.